Welcome, everyone. We're going to be talking about something that we probably all should know a lot more about email marketing and deliverability and the truth about open rates and clicks and just what we should be tracking, what we should know in order to make decisions, whether those are decisions for how do we set up more automation on top based on engagements, what we should be sending over to our BDR team. And we've got Chip House on today. And Chip is not only a, a multi-time, three-time B2B SaaS CMO, he's also the CMO of Insightly, a marketing automation CRM tool. And Chip, you've you've overseen the email team, the deliverability team. And so I, th I think you've got a lot that we should be probably listening to here today. I hope so. I'll try to shed a few kernels of wisdom if I can. Well, then let's move a little bit out of the technical stuff and yeah. we talk about all of this is, you know, it's just data that lets us make better decisions. When it comes down to measuring the ROI of our email campaigns, what are some of your thoughts in terms of what are the things that you prefer tracking and you like to track and how you like to make decisions when you put it all together? What's your thoughts on that? What's your point of view? Yeah. Um, you know, we send a lot of email ourselves, you know, whether it's for, um, you know, general nurtures for prospects that are visiting our website and engaging with or downloading our content, that type of thing. Um, or people that take it a trial, they, they go on a 14-day email journey, you know, that's automated through our system. Um, and, you know, we're, we tend to look at every point in the journey and open rates and click rates. And I think that many marketers, if they haven't done that, should do that. Because since I've been at Insightly, which is only a year and a half, you know, or so, we, we've redone our trial email cadence twice, you know, mm -hmm. after analyzing metrics and, and optimizing the content, partly because we've produced more content, um, but we've also learned about, you know, what emails are working, what, what aren't. And so it's never static. It's never static. And uh, again, I, I, lean, I lean on click rates heavily throughout the journey. Um, but then secondarily, we, we also we market to our customers, right? And we, we, we generally somebody, uh, a customer will buy CRM from us and then we'll market our marketing automation to app to them or Insightly Service, which is our uh, client, uh, excuse me, customer service application um, or App Connect, which is our middleware integration tools. And, you know, so we're actually looking for clicks and engagement once they get to the website also to be the ultimate determination of is this campaign working or not? And then we go even further, Stephen, and go like any other channel, how many opportunities do I now have in the funnel from this campaign? And what's the value of those opportunities? You know, and email is still amazingly low cost when you compare it to other channels, provided that you've done done the work to to build a strong list and you've you've maintained strong hygiene and you think about it like a valid channel rather than, Hey, we're going to go do some email blasts. That phrase drives me crazy because <laughs> just, it is not a blast. You know, it should be thought about as a, 
a targeted campaign. That's, that's just, I think that mindsets makes a difference. Yeah, and it's interesting when you bring up the kind of like ROI, the cost of email marketing. I mean, uh, it's relatively inexpensive, right? Yeah, that's the Pen- that's pennies. The yeah, pennies. Yeah. So when when you're thinking about your content and the evergreen content that you create, um, because of your you know roles as CMO of a SaaS company, but also the CMO of a marketing automation email marketing tool, what is your thought on the antithesis of blasts, right? These campaigns and how you measure over time what you're doing and how you evaluate that. Because at the end of the day, you're going to look back at the team and you're going to say, we did some things well, we did some things that didn't work as well. How are you evaluating that? And then giving direction back to the team on what you then do in the future. Yeah, I mean, I I think it, it, it varies depending on where somebody exists sort of in your prospect funnel or versus your customer funnel, right? Uh, and, but, but generally, I, 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 it's not that dissimilar to how you would run a LinkedIn campaign, right? If you're going to do a set of paid advertising, you a target audience and the, the first set of communications and ads are probably going to be based on awareness, right? Good creation for that audience. Just the fact that you exist and positioning you as where you exist in the world. Um, and, and then you're providing more sort of benefit statements or thought leadership as they progress down the funnel. And once they start engaging with your content, that's when you get, you know, uh, truly trying to actually capture that lead or, you know, retarget them, that type of thing. So, I mean, in, in an email sense, um, whether it's a you know new business or it's uh, or to existing business, I think generally you're doing similar, right? You um, for an ad, or if we're going to advertise our CRM, excuse me, if we're going to advertise our marketing automation products to our CRM customers because you know, shocking, st- some still don't know that it exists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, because frequency matters, but also how you say it matters. And so the, the initial emails have to focus on awareness and high level benefits and uh, sort of competitive comparisons, maybe uh, objection removal. What, why might they not choose you? Um, and, you know, I think marketing is at least 50% education as part of the communication process, even before you, you get to feature function, Right. So, um, so uh, the right there, those are really big words of wisdom that you're saying there, right? Because um, there's, we all want to think that if we just say we've got a better widget, right, people will will buy, but they have to trust, right? Mm -hmm. They have to understand who you are. They want to believe, especially in the B2B world, that you are experts in the industry and you have a consultative cell that comes along with it. These are all really important things. And that trust factor, that emotional factor um, is extremely high in the world of B2B in terms of who are you going to be considering, right? Because most companies operate in an environment, not unlike Insightly, where there's there's a decent amount of competitors. Sure. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it can be very hard to differentiate, you know, between the different competitors. So the ones that have been helping and educating and adding value along the way, that that's proven to be meaningful. And that's proven to get you into a consideration set when you weren't, right? It, 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 to accelerate purchases, um, you know, uh, cross-sell purchases like you've been talking about that you're doing. Um, so I think that's really wise. And I just wanted to make kind of accentuate that point in the conversation here. Yeah, thank you. And, and a piece of, piece of it, because you talk about trust, you know, and one of the biggest objections in the customer's mind is, okay, prove it to me, you know, and it's like, what, what is it an acceptable way to prove it to them? Show me some examples from people like me that you've helped. Right. And so that's why, again, campaign versus blast, because in a campaign, I can talk to an industry, a persona, and I can talk to, here's how I've solved. We solved this problem for other CMOs. Here's how we've solved it for other manufacturing companies or solar companies. And that social proof is critical nowadays in a B2B world. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the decision-making is, you know, you're helping customers frame, is this a problem? Is this a problem that I have? How have others dealt with this problem? How have you helped people deal with that problem, right? Nobody wants to be in the boat alone, right? So yeah. when you're helping them, they want to know that they're they're on a team that's been, you know, been there, done that with others like them and help them achieve success along the way. But framing their problem up front and helping them actually determine what is the problem? Is that something I need to worry about? So, you know, justifying that, you know, this is a big enough problem that you need to pay some attention to it. And, and here's some validation on that. Everything that you and I've now just been talking about are, is not feature benefit, right? Yeah, yeah. It, the, the interesting thing about this, this structure too for marketing or selling something is that it's the same process you'd use to go raise money from some venture capitalists, if you're going to start a company, right? It's like, why is this a problem? You know, what is the problem? Define the problem. Why is it a problem? Why do I need to solve it now? And then how am I going to solve it uniquely? It's no different. It's the same, it's the same thing. Right. And if you think about it in any aspect of our lives, we want people that are helping us solve problems that are good at what they do that are experts at what you do, right? If you're having problems in your marriage, you probably want to find somebody that's like been doing marriage counseling for a a while, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, if you apply that analogy to what we're talking about here, then, you know, we're, we're far from like open rates and deliverability here, but there's, there's, there's a, a lot that makes an email marketing campaign successful and hopefully what people are taking away here today is there's a lot that goes into this in terms of establishing yourself as an expert and the understanding of your buyer personas and their pain points and how you uniquely approach that. If you miss that stage, you're probably not going to get good open rates. You're not going to get good clicks, right? You're not going to get people at the top of the funnel, the awareness stage that are thinking, oh, you're helping me my problems and what I need to be doing. And that's first and foremost, more important than any individual metrics, 
because you got to get that campaign right. Yeah, 100%. And I'm going to get geeky again, just to exclu- ex- <laughs> add an exclamation it. point to, to, to that, to that, because that in effect is what Google does when they decide what email to put in the inbox, right? They actually will cycle some email when it comes from a new IP, they'll cycle it to the spam folder and they'll look for some percentage of the recipients to take it out and say, no, that should be in the inbox. I wanted that mail. And so that's another engagement metric that a lot of people don't know about uh, that sort of indicates, you know, am I sending content that's resonating with my users? Not only is that good marketing, it leads to good deliverability. So as a takeaway here, the value of the content that you're sharing is way more important than the metrics because the metrics are a reflection of the value of your campaign. A million percent. Yep. Yeah. But then when we get to the point where it's like, okay, but we're, we think we're doing a good job. We can always do better. We're iterating. We've got good quality content that's going out. I think one of the big takeaways that I have is from what you're talking about here is that people going to the next step, in other words, clicking is one of your most important metrics that you're looking at Mm -hmm. certainly opens, but if you could prioritize, I don't want to put words into your mouth. If you could kind of put into a priority of like what you, like when somebody's coming to you and they've, they've, you know, on the team, they say, you know, Hey, here's the results of our campaign. What's the first thing you want to know? What's the second thing? Like, what's the story you're telling yourself that you need to know about judging that campaign? as just kind of a wrap up to what we've been talking about here. Sure. Yeah. I still look at unique open rate, you know, yeah. um, and then I, I look at click rate in aggregate, you know, and then, uh, then sort of by content area, you know, and, and after that I'm off the email and I'm on to where, where did I send them? You know, then I, then I'm evaluating the engagements of the landing page or the video, you know, um, depending on, you know, you might be sending them to a Vimeo link and you can tell how much of the email or sorry, how much of the the video was watched. And so you're into a whole other system, but yeah. uh, So unique open rates clicks. That's I could survive on that as a marketer, I think. Well, that's good because we're as marketers, we're looking for ways to make our lives simpler, right? Because it just seems to be with technology. There's just another thing we've got to pay attention to, right? Another thing that we've got to like complexity into our job. So that's, that's refreshing to hear that. Um, how much do you look at in terms of the post-click? Do you um, advocate um, assigning like in a lead scoring system, greater value of somebody ultimately like goes a landing page and maybe they go to a pricing page or whether they've clicked on like a demo link, maybe they didn't fill it out, right? But they clicked. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's these soft measures in terms of well, how did they engage post-click that we should be looking at? Mm-hmm. Um, are those best practices or just what what are your thoughts on on some of that? Well, I think um, you have to make the decision again, you know, as to what's important to you, you know, is the person that clicked to the form, but didn't fill it out going to be worth your follow-up or not, you know, and, 
that's going to be between you and your sales team and, and whether or not it's worth calling those people. Right. But um, I, I think uh, that's, that's the best way to determine that. And I think that's another thing that's not static because I think that that changes over time, depending on the lead volume you have or the economy you're in. Right. right. Um, and so I, I would generally say that, um, you know, what you're talking about, about post-click engagement, I think it's highly important. And, um, you know, the tracking multiple pages on a website is important. You know, uh, that certainly indicates somebody that's been to the pricing page and then to the CRM page on our, on our website and then read some blogs and then read some case studies. That is a valuable person I want to engage with. Yes. And so and I think that that's that. Clicked on a demo link, or they may not have reached out to somebody yet, but you know by their actions, they're digging in and they're looking for more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, I think the, the engagement sh shows that you're you're doing a good job. Well, that's fortunately like the post-click engagement. How reliable is that information? Just, you know, we've been talking about reliability of opens and deliverability and things like that. How much can we trust on that post-click engagement when they're going to our site? Well, uh, I think you can trust it. You know, I, it's going to depend on what your Google Analytics setup is or what, what other tools you're using. Again, um, a lot of people are moving towards content platforms that are where the content is, you know, exists within a platform so that uh, journeys of engagement can be tracked into depths of the content, you know? Um, and if you're lucky enough to be paying for and using and getting value out of those tools, then you can get that data super easily. Right. Um, but a lot of us like, you know, we're are, are struggling with converting legacy Google analytics to GA4, you know, and right. uh, which is not nearly as user-friendly as, as the old one, uh, you know? And so, if you have it configured and you understand uh, how to get uh, conversion set up correctly, I think it's pretty reliable. Yeah, it's reliable. So I think that's the that's the the takeaway that I wanted to have here is yeah. that email marketing, the way that you track and measure, isn't brain surgery, right? Right. And there, there is a limited number of important metrics to track and help develop a lead scoring system and create automation off of those, right? I, I think that's one of the biggest, you run an automated marketing tool, right? And so one of the biggest things that, that I think you can do, but I'd love your point of view as we kind of wrap this up here is... We set a campaign and then we track engagement, but there's all kinds of automated trees that we can create off of that campaign based on what people did. So let's say somebody clicked and opened up an ebook, right? And we know that they, they wanted to read that ebook. Well, there might be a, a set of automation that we want to send to them in particular, because we know they're in our ICP and we know that they you know, that they took the time to click and viewed a specific piece of content, right? So just the, I guess you would call that advanced use, right? Really, it shouldn't be, but 
we should be taking time to set up these automation trees, you know, and sequences off of our original campaigns as well. Well, I think you're, you're looking for um, behavioral based engagement, right? I mean, so the behavior of not only opening an email, but clicking on an email is indication that something else should happen, right? And so that's the point of building uh, a workflow or a journey is that you're trying to predict what you're gonna do if somebody takes that next step and indicates from the behavior that you should do X, Y, or Z. You know, it's, it's it, um, so a behavior could be they ignore you entirely, right? Right. Um, after multiple emails and at some point right. it should hit a dead end, you know, right. and you, or an unsubscribe and, but uh, you know, all cadences should have ends. You know, I, I've, I, I've been the recipient of some email spam that seems like, when is this going to end? When is your cadence going to end? I've received 50 emails from you, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm a firm believer that if, if there's, you know, if there's not a heartbeat, you, you, you shouldn't keep hammering on the door, but um, I don't know. I'm now I'm, I, hopefully that's helpful, but I think, yeah, pre-build the journeys, think through the flow, the, the, the behavioral engagement is a strong prediction of future behavior. Yeah, I think that it, it, it points to, you know, where you need more content, where you can iterate on content, where you can extend uh, content themes that you know are getting, uh, you know, getting clicks, getting engagement. And um, we always need a lot more focus and direction on what content's working, what content isn't. And we're always looking for feedback on where we should be, you know, developing more and, and digging deeper. Um, Agreed. So, yeah, that's that was well said, actually, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll put that into a transcript somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Chip, thank you again for uh, for coming on and and sharing here because I think here is there an agreement that. It's one of the most cost-effective forms of marketing. It's not brain surgery, but it takes time and some mm -hmm. thinking to get in, set it up right, set up the metrics, set up those behavior journeys that you're talking about to get the most out of it. And that it would be a shame that if we kind of got 30% of the value of what we could get out of our marketing campaigns, where we could up that quite a bit more, if we were using some of these flows and journeys and, and the, the metrics and the triggers in order to take advantage of all of that, is that a yeah. good takeaway? I think it's a great takeaway. You know, I think I've, I've heard marketing automation touted before as a time saver. Hey, you can just set it and forget it. But I think if you're approaching marketing that way, you're doing it wrong, you know, because you could do that, but it's not wise to do that. You need to be looking at the uh, engagement metrics at every area of the journey. And using it to personalize more and more, right? You know, yeah, personalize more and more. Yeah. yeah. That's the way you're going to get those, uh, you're going to get even better engagement. And you're going to get into conversations. Um, For well, sure. Well, thank you. Uh, as usual, it's always good to have you on and, and the conversation. And, uh, you know, we'll look for additional insights in the future. I appreciate it. Take care, Stephen.